0: Twenty-eight. Now, I reckon you know these verses inside, out and back to front. Is that fair enough to say? Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20, the Great Commission. We're not unfamiliar with it, are we? But I wanted to uh, start, God willing, and complete over the next few weeks, if the Lord allows, a series looking at being authentic. Being authentic. What does it mean to be authentic? The Oxford English Dictionary definition says, to be authentic is to be known to be real. And what somebody claims it is and not a copy, that's authentic. It also says that to be authentic is to be true and accurate. And to be authentic is to be made exactly the same as the original. So we can summarize then, to be authentic is to be known as real, to be true and accurate as per the original. Now to be authentic or to know what is authentic in a world full of copies isn't always easy. What do I mean by a world full of copies? Well, I've got just a, just a couple of images in order to show you, or one image, in order to show you that in actual fact, we can sometimes think something is something, but in actual fact, it wasn't that thing at all. So behind me, up on the screen are four images If memory serves me correctly, the top right, some of you will know that as a G-Wagon. A Mercedes? Top right, no. Top right is a G-Wagon. Is it not? Everybody any seen one of them? Very expensive car, very nice. Bit out of my price range. Looks like a tank. Top left, Range Rover Evoque. You've all seen them on the road, haven't you? Yeah? Bottom right is a BMW X3. You've seen thousands of them. And then to the bottom left there is what, in all intents and purposes, a Volkswagen Up, I believe. You all look really blank. (laughs) Now the reality is that not a single one of those is in actual fact what it professes to be. They're all made by a Chinese company called Great Wall. And they look like the originals, but they're definitely not. Now, also, you'll have seen, I'm sure those uh, fashionistas among us, the uh, Louis Vuitton print. It is the most copied print globally. That and Barber, apparently, the whole checkered thing. Now, Louis Vuitton, by all intents and purposes, if you have that pattern, you have a Louis Vuitton bag. I bought my wife one once, I don't know why you laugh, bear with that I bought my wife one once, only cost me 25 euros, I assume, I assume it's completely and wholly accurate, who knows, but you see the reality is that sometimes we can take things for face value and believe they are what they say they are, because they look by all intents and purposes the same as what you know to be real. It perhaps isn't until you look a little bit deeper that you realise that they're not as authentic as you perhaps thought that they were. You know, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, as it's been named, is an objective. Objective that demands, I think, authenticity. In fact, I don't think I know. It is an objective or a set of objectives that demand authenticity by the person that is on said commission let's just read it together shall we and let's just see what it says then the 11 disciples went to galilee to the mountain where jesus had told them to go to you think there's 11 there used to be 12 you remember um, that one of them judas who betrayed the lord is no longer with them So the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Heavenly Father, we just ask that as we look into your word right now, that Father God, that you would help us to concentrate, to focus on you. Father, to see what your word says to us. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit might move. Father, that we might be attentive to all that you've got to say. And Father God, that you might shape us and mould us into what you want us to be. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Listen then, the objective is to share the good news, the gospel, and make disciples, followers, new ones, essentially, and baptising them into the faith. And baptism is an outward show of what's already happened inwardly. Inwardly. Baptism has no saving quality of its own. It is adhering to what the word of God says. The Lord didn't ask much of us. He said, remember me and be baptised. Very simple. Baptism is outwardly showing what has already happened in the heart as regeneration has occurred. Then teaching them, the word says, to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. So, with the objectives in mind, as weighty as they are, can we, you and I, anyone else, actually do this? Can anyone? do the Great Commission? Can anyone get involved? You see, the reality is that as we see what the Word is saying to us, that if we're not authentic, then the answer is absolutely no. It is not possible, if we are not authentic, to carry out... The very instructions that come from Jesus' mouth here. Let's make sure then that as we have a look at this, that we're absolutely real to this point. There is, and we'll see what Paul's got to say as well, there is a strain of church that is not authentic. And I'll say church in inverted commas. There is a strain of church that isn't authentic. Listen to what Paul says, again if you've got your Bibles, but it'll be up on screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is Paul talking to an age before us, long before we came about. But listen to what Paul says, verse 12 of chapter 11. And I will keep on doing what I'm doing, this is Paul talking, in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such people are false prophets, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. Paul's not mincing his words, is he? Paul's really clear that there is an element, there is a strain, if we're not careful, that looks by all intents and purposes to be absolutely original, to be authentic. But the reality is that the closer we get to it, the more we see it in action, the more we see that the authenticity is not there. It's not what we thought it was. It existed in Paul's time and it most certainly exists in ours. So why am I telling you this? Because you already know. But I'm telling you this so that we are able, church, we are able to spot it. Like the cars that aren't quite the cars they say they are. Like the handbags that might look like they are, but actually when you touch them and you smell them, they resemble no nothing like leather should be in the first instance. But you can tell when you get close and you look and you inspect, you go, this is not what I thought it was. Jesus then says, let's go back to Matthew 28 and verse 20. He says... Uh, that we should teach them everything that I have commanded you. Teach in them everything that I have commanded you. And my question to you then this morning, thinking about the authenticity, the fact that there are strains of inverted commas church that aren't authentic. What does it mean when Jesus says to us that we're teaching everything? that Jesus has commanded us? Does it mean some of it? Does it mean a bit of it? Does it mean the bits that are socially acceptable? Because society's moved on. Does it mean the bits that feel comfortable? Does it mean the bits that, to be honest, I can get away with without too much backlash? I'll read it again because I believe that the Lord's been testing me in this and trying us then as a church as times begin to change. And don't think that the last few weeks as change has occurred in our country that it's going to get easier. I can assure you it's not. It is only going to get harder, okay? So we have to be aware of it. We have to be ahead of the curve. We have to make sure that we are stood with the full armour on because church otherwise... Before we know it, we're socially acceptable, and that is not what God has called us to be. I'd ask for an amen there, but I feel like I'd ruffle feathers. But we are not to be socially acceptable. We're to stand on the word of God. It has stood the test of time well without you or me, and it will continue to stand the test of time well without you or I. But the reality is that we have to stand on the word of God. And it says then, teaching them everything that I have commanded you. Absolutely everything. Even the difficult bits. Even the tough bits. Even the bits that your friend doesn't quite agree with. The reality is it isn't your opinion. Lift that off of you. We we, we discussed this in Bible study a few weeks ago. It isn't your opinion. It's what the word of God says. Listen, I stand there because that's what God has told me to do. And he is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the author of life. He was crucified because he stood on what God said. You you realise that? He stood on what God said and what God had called him to do and they crucified him for it. So the last thing that we're going to do is go, well, socially, it's more acceptable if. No, the church doesn't do that. The church does not do that. The church stands on the very word of God. And we obey it, God willing. We live it. You know, Paul says that the enemy has come in the disguise of an angel of light. Don't you find that incredible? When you look at him, he looks like... He should look. He's all sweetness and light. And leading millions astray. Church, we have to be so, so vigilant. And the only way that we're able to be vigilant and to be authentic is to know the Word of God. We press home about Bible studies so often as a church. But church, for a Christian, this service is fantastic, brilliant, and we should come together and worship. But it's breaking of bread. Breaking of bread on a Sunday morning, remember me, that's what he asked us to do, and to know the word. And without those two things, the question is, do we stand here, sit here, because it's comfortable, it's nice, it's enjoyable, and I'm not trying to put you off, although it may do, but the reality is that we have to stand on what God says, else we may as well shut the doors, because we're not a social group. We're here to do the very work of God. And the only way that we can live out our life for Christ is to know what Christ has called us to do. And without the word of God, we have no chance. Somebody said, this is what I should do. No, it's what God says, amen? Amen. It's what God says I should do. It's how God says I should behave. How the word of God has called me to live. Oh, but those bits aren't great. And people don't like it. But it's not your opinion, it's what God says. And we have to make the choice, don't we? I'm either with him or I'm against him. Church, let me tell you this. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. The word is absolute. You're either for him or you're against him. Well, I'm for him, but not on everything. No. You see, you're either for him or you're against him. And I don't want to stand here and think like, oh, much just having a go at us this morning. Whether that be... You can turn off, probably have done by now. But the reality is that this is what the word says. And listen, if we're not telling you this as a leadership, and again, we may as well shut the doors. We may as well shut the doors. I would much rather shut the doors because I do not want to lead anybody away from a life of Christ. We have to teach people. We have to show people what the word of God says. Our goal is to live for God. And we only have life, as Colossians tells us, because he freely gave. We only have life because God gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in my place, in your place. It's the only reason I have life. Outside of him, the Bible says we are dead, fully dead. The Greek word is nekros. What can you tell a dead man? Nothing. He's dead. But as we accept Christ as Saviour, the Bible says we have received life, and life to the full. Life to the full. So then you say, well, what do I do here on planet Earth? How do I live life to the full? Do I do what the world tells me to do? Live life to the full. Do what you want. Be what you want. Mm, I'm pretty sure that that's not what God intended. So when he says to us, I want you to live life to the full, to experience life to the full, what does that mean? It means to be soaked and immersed in the word of God. That I have a relationship with my creator. That I am able to come into the very holy of holies and call God Father. That is beyond anything that this world will ever be able to offer. It's a price that I couldn't afford. It's a price that you can't afford either. I don't care how much you've got in the bank. I don't care how nice you are. The word of God says that outside of accepting Christ as our saviour, the price has been paid by him. And unless I come through him, I cannot get into a relationship with God. It is impossible. I have to go through Jesus. So God has made a way for people like you and me in order that we can live authentic lives for Christ. I am in Christ because of Christ. God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His one and only son. And what must I do? Well, whoever believes in him will not go to a Christless eternity, but will have everlasting life. John 3, 16, it's up on the wall as you walk through. Turn around and have a look. The reality is that God has given us the opportunity. He's given us the manual to life, the instruction book. And he said, I want you to live authentic lives for me. And you might say, look, I'm not the person who's going to stand at the front and preach. He hasn't called you to do that. If he has, you'll be here. Make no mistake about it. If he's called you to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Oh, hang on. I'll just check. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me just ask you quickly, what's a disciple? And I've shared this so often before. A disciple is a follower of Christ an adherent to his word. Did you hear that piece? I follow Christ, but but it doesn't end there. I'm adherent, I follow, I take on board his word, and as James says, I do the word, this is what God calls us to do, I'm an adherent to the word, so therefore, by process of everything together, we're disciples, if we follow Christ and we adhere to the word. So then, as Jesus says to his disciples, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. How can I preach the gospel? I'm not a preacher. How can I preach the gospel? Because even talking to somebody is like so far out of my comfort zone. Maybe there's language barriers, maybe there's cultural barriers, and you think, how can I possibly? Listen, if we're living life authentically, God willing, you won't have to say a word. If we are living life authentically, how God has called us to live, We're following what the word of God says. We're passionate about all that he's done for us. We live for him on a day-to-day basis. Every waking moment we spend in relationship and communication with him, we will not have to say a word. People will want to know what on earth is wrong with you. Because you are happy. You are joyful. Even when something comes into your life that should knock you off your perch, you say words like, God's in control. Listen, my maker is bigger than. How can you possibly do that? Church, because we're living authentic lives for Christ, amen? We are living authentic lives for Christ. And this is what God has called us to do. And church, let me just share this with you, because I think sometimes we're we're scared. And it's hard to say how, but the reality is, over the past years, I've, I've tried. In various instances... In different people groups, and I get to work a lot with tradesmen in particular, and there is nothing more attractive to the world than somebody who knows who they are, why they are, and whose they are. There is nothing more attractive. The world has no idea who it is. And and it is being told continually, you can be who you want. Do whatever you want. And all that does is create confusion, I remember as a child growing up, the the worst thing that my father could say to me is, I don't care, do what you want. It used to break me. He didn't have to tell me off. He just said, Matt, I've washed my hands, do what you want. And at that point, my whole life crumbled. And you're like, well, I want to please you. (laughs) I I don't. All of a sudden i don't want to do what i thought i wanted to do and because i want i want a relationship listen god has given us the absolute word from his mouth in order for us to live authentically for him and we have to stand firm on what the word of god says we can't sway to the left or the right We stand firm on it. And there is nothing more attractive to the world than authenticity. So I would challenge us, me, all of us, to be that light on the hill that God has called us to be. To stand firm in a world that is tossed and turned by every idea that comes into somebody's head. That we know who we are. We know whose we are and we know what we're doing because we've been called into action. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you again for your word this morning. Lord, I am all too aware of the weight of what your word has called us to. As we personally, individually try and live our lives for you. But Father, the value of church, of community, of knowing each other, of loving each other, of being involved in each other's lives is so important as we look to step out for you on our day to day. And Father, I just ask that you would help us as a church to live authentic lives for you. And as we go over these next few weeks, if it be your will, Lord, that you would just move in our lives, that your Holy Spirit would draw us to your word. Father, that we'd be challenged in areas that need change, that we wouldn't be afraid to pray the prayer, Lord, search me, know me. And if there's any offensive way in me, Lord, then let's have rid of it. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would just work in our lives, Father, individually, but then collectively as a church. The town of Gainsborough and the surrounding areas so need the good news. And Father, I pray that you would enable us to be carriers of that gospel as we adhere to what your word says, as we live authentically for you. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen.